Hey everyone, this is Steve Bose. Before we get to today's HR Happy Hour show, which was a special show that Trish McFarlane and I recorded to talk about what's on everybody's mind right now in the world, in HR and in workplaces, the coronavirus and how it's impacting just everything, but most especially work, workplaces and people. But just in the hour or so since we recorded the show, a couple of more announcements or developments came out that we wanted to make sure we tossed into the pod. One is that our friends at Sherm reminded us that the coronavirus, just like the flu and even the common cold and other highly communicable diseases, they do qualify as known hazards under OSHA. And employers do have to take into consideration how they have an obligation to protect their workforces from coronavirus. And secondly, even more companies have announced either travel restrictions, increased work-from-home policies, and some additional events beyond the ones we spoke about on the podcast have come under pressure and may even have to cancel. Some of the companies that have made announcements this afternoon include Facebook, Twitter, Coinbase. And there's a widely circulated petition now going on that's asking for the organizers of the big South by Southwest conference in Austin, Texas, to cancel that event. So we'll see what happens with that. This is just another reminder that this is a fast-moving, dynamic, and changing story. And as we talk about in the podcast, it's really important for HR leaders and business leaders to stay on top of it, keep informed, and make sure they're taking all the steps to protect themselves, their people, their workplaces, and their communities. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Let's get on with the HR Happy Hour. Welcome back to the HR Happy Hour show. My name is Steve Bose. I am joined by, of course, Trish McFarland. Trish, how are you? I'm good. It's nice to be here in person with you. You sound so close. It's <laughs> almost as if <laughs> we're, in the same we're sitting room. at the same table. I love it. How about that? That's good. Actually, it's it's going to be a lot easier. I don't know, for anyone who's listened for any length of time, the big challenge when we can't see each other is the fact that we can't see each other, right? So sometimes they're a little... That was a very zen kind of wasn't it? way to say it. Yeah. You can tell it's late in the day. I'm yeah. a little bit tired. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, it's just nice being able to see the person, see your reactions. Yeah. And we're, doing, we're, do, and we're doing a special kind of um, impromptu almost uh, pod today. We thought we would, like many people and many organizations, certainly the biggest work, workplace and global news of the day is the coronavirus story and, and just all the implications around work and workplace. So we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about that. So we thought, hey, we're here. We're here out in Las Vegas. We happen to be here for the Ultimate Connections event, which is kicking off, I guess, really tomorrow it kicks off. That's right. And uh, so we're excited about that. But a couple other things we want to mention first before we get into uh, some conversation about uh, coronavirus is super exciting news, Trish, on the HR Happy Hour Podcast Network, why don't you maybe you remind our listeners? One? Yes, because so, this is your baby in a way. It is. It is. So, you know, we, we have the Podcast Network and lots of great shows there. And we've just added a brand new show um, hosted by Madeline Lorano of uh, Aptitude Research. Her new show is called Radical Research. And not only will she be covering HCM technology, um, but the research that actually backs up many of the decisions that organizations are making. So again, you and I touch on this a little bit now and then. Her show, her specific episodes are going to be much more focused on that. We just went live with her very first episode today. It's called The Role of a Researcher. 
And her guest was Lance Hahn. Editor, friend of the show? Friend of the show, longtime friend of the show, right? And and just friend in general. And um, But he just took on a new role with TLNT. So um, he's the editor over there. And uh, and so we really want to hear his insights. They're, they're starting to do um, a good amount of research. Actually, they've got at least, I think, six months worth of research the last I looked. So be sure and check them out. Um, and also, it sounds like they had a discussion around the Ultimate Software and Kronos merger. Which timely. Very yep. timely, as we're here at um, Ultimate Connections. And I know we're going to be getting a, a big um, briefing on that tomorrow. So at any rate, people can go out on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever yeah, you Yeah, and it's the podcast. same feed, right? So if That's you subscribe right. to the HR Happy Hour show, you will get then all the network shows in your subscription in your feed, which is, you know, it's good because... We don't have, you don't have to go out and search for Madeline's show, yeah. right? If you're subscribing to the HR Happy Hour for a long time, you'll get Madeline's show and all, all the network shows, right, on that same feed, which I think is a good benefit. So, That's right. So super excited about that. Uh, the other things to mention real quick, Trish, the HR Happy Hour on Alexa, still going strong. About episode 208, I think, we're up Very to. strong. I recorded you and I one are both. I think yesterday. we're getting today, I think. Right. I think we're uh, we're competing now. So check that out on your Alexa device and anywhere you get your podcast as well. So uh, having fun doing that. I, I know. We just looked. There is an Alexa in this room, and she almost woke up, but so far, so far she didn't. And lastly, Trish, of course, we have to mention that the HR Happy Hour Show is sponsored by our friends at Paychecks. Paychecks makes it simple for businesses of all sizes pay and manage their employees. They make payroll easy and automatic, and they handle benefits programs as well. Paychex guides businesses through their human resources challenges by keeping them up to date with ever-changing laws and regulations, online and mobile, over the phone or in person, or any combination of the above. With Paychex, they work with you the way you want to work, and you can learn more at Paychex.com. Many thanks to our friends at Paychex. Stay warm, friends at Paychex. I wonder if it's still snowing in Rochester, oh, New York. it probably is. It's March. Of course it's snowing in Rochester. <laughs> March. You could say that in Rochester, but it's April. It's still snowing in Rochester. That's true. You know, just quick Rochester aside, I lived there for a long time, and they have a minor league baseball team there. Triple-A team. Always, okay. always a great day out. Great day out at the stadium. Super fun to go and watch the, the Red Wings play, but they have to instill what they call a 50-degree guarantee at the home opener. Because really? it's still so cold. So if the temperature... And at the baseball game, if it doesn't hit 50, all the fans get a free ticket to come back to another game. Really? Right? Because it's I tough to that. watch baseball when the temperature's in the 40s and it's windy and, and cold. That's a tough watch. I don't I don't know. I, I'm a fan of watching football outside, sitting in the snow, going to, like, Chiefs games. So is it really that hard to watch some, I've done a it sport in, the in 50, degree, it's awful. 50 degree weather, though? Really? Awful. Is it really that hard? It is. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we'll take your word for it. And, um, you know, hopefully they're staying warm. Yeah. So, Trish, we thought we would talk a little bit since we were together and it's been such an issue. And we were just talking about it, uh, you know, before the show or just casually. We were discussing coronavirus and how it's impacting even our organization, Trish, our, our business. And so we thought we'd spend a little bit of time talking about it and, and what's happening in, with this. But not, this is not a news update. We're not here to give you stats and data about what's happening with the disease. You can get those anywhere. But really to talk about a little bit what's happening in work and workplaces and some things to think about. Absolutely. I, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because I think that you mentioned it's something you and I are thinking about. Um, so here we are. We're, you know, obviously a small entrepreneurial business. But we scrappy. have to... We're scrappy. Even. Yes. That's right. No, but in all seriousness, you know, it's, it's not something that um, companies always have in terms of crisis management plans around something like 
a virus, um, any sort of medical reason, right? right? And so you have all sorts of plans for other things. And, and, you know, hopefully a lot of listeners do work at companies where you've already really thought these things through. But even so, um, you know, even in a company of just two or three people, you need to really be thinking about what your own stance is. So, for example, we're, we're at an event. We made a choice to fly. Yeah, we traveled to come to right? this event. Um, and what's really nice, I, I will say this, I give Ultimate Software huge kudos and the win where the, the hotel in Las Vegas where the event is being held because they were very proactive with us as attendees in letting us know, informing us about what precautions they were taking, um, take, definitely taking more precautions than normal in terms of not spreading any type of, of virus whatsoever, right? So things like um, hand sanitizer being even more readily available. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of that in the next couple of days. But it, what it did was it really made me realize that it's very easy for a company to be proactive and make your employees feel comfortable, like as they're making their own individual choices about what to do. Right. And um, it made our decision fairly easy on, you know, planning to continue to come. Uh, I think over the next few months, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit in the episode, but you know, lots of organizations are starting to cancel not only events, but whether or not people are going into the office to work or whether or not or, children are going to school. Right? Or their so, employees, uh, just normal business travel right. uh, is either being uh, eliminated or for the moment suspended, is suspended, maybe a better word, or, yes. or certainly, um, um, you know, disinclined, right? Like, hey, let's, let's only do essential travel. And I think that's even going to be a trend we'll see more and more companies enact as this uh, goes on. That's right. So that's really the reason, as you mentioned, we're not here to give a, a, you know, a ton of statistics on the virus. Everyone is, I think, pretty aware of where to get that. This is going to be more a discussion around you know, some simple things that you can do to prepare both as an individual or if you're leading an organization and making those decisions. And then um, really getting into kind of the workplace implications of it, because I think this is going to be actually a really big change for those of us, not just in our country, um, but globally from a yeah. workplace perspective. So that's, that was the impetus behind the idea for the show. Yeah, and one of the things, the first thing that came to mind seems like a fairly simplistic one and, and a fairly obvious one, but I think it's worth talking about because of the scope and the breadth of, of the impact, which is remote working and or working from home, right? right? It, there's been a couple of really interesting articles on CNN and Marketplace that are basically when the, the virus first um, began to spread in China, you know, to their credit, I would say, uh, organizations in China and the government really reacted quickly to try to uh, control the spread. And one of the ways, certainly, to do this was to try to limit contact people had each, with each other and to limit contact people had or, or larger groups forming. And certainly, as in China, as in everywhere, really, right, right. the workplace is one of those places where People are in contact with each other, often in very close proximity, right? In normal kind of offices, retail environments, right. you name it, factories, etc. And also having many hundreds to maybe even thousands, right? In some of these larger kind of office locations or, or company locations, congregating all in the same place at the same time. And so what they reacted quickly by really, really trying to encourage organizations and even requiring it in many places in China to say, you're going to have to work from home. Right, we're not bringing people into the office, and you need to figure it out. And companies had to react really quickly because certainly the culture in China was not necessarily a, a widespread work from home culture. Right, right. But they were forced to adapt, and they continue to have to adapt. 
what we take that back from here, right, in our, in, in our country here is to say, well, what's our culture like? What's our capacity? What's our readiness for this? What's our ability to be able to continue to function to meet the needs of our customers, right, if indeed we run into a situation where we just cannot have people coming into the, the, the centralized work locations? Right. Well, I think, too, it's, it's really, you know, when you start thinking about those kinds of questions, it comes down to there are only a certain number or types of jobs that could be done remote or from home or something like that. You know, what about the thousands of jobs out there that cannot be done from home that have to be done in the facility? And then what happens to those employees? You know, are they still going to be paid even though they're not working? And so it just, it opens up a whole different discussion than, like I said, than we've probably had in the past. The other thing about this particular virus is that it can be spread on objects. So while sometimes, you know, a virus might just be airborne, um, which is bad enough, this one can actually stay alive for a little while mm-hmm. on physical objects. And so, again, it just sort of ratchets up the, the level of threat that something like this can provide if you do have people in a, in a um, you know, cro- close proximity, like you were saying, yeah. like in a workplace. So just lots of big questions. And again, I think, you know, I've worked in, in big organizations and small and even now, you know, with, with you. Um, I think it doesn't diminish the fact that we really do have to probably think about things we haven't before because I've right. never in That's my career, point, right? I've never come up with this exact kind of scenario. No, no one has. I, that, Trish, when you were talking, it just made me think of, I was reading an article uh, the other day about the Olympics coming up. So the Olympics, mm-hmm. the Summer Olympics are set to happen in Tokyo in, in 2020. They're still, right. uh, I believe, July, August timeframe. Typically August is when the Olympics go. Sometimes they go into September, but... The point is this, the Olympics right now are still on, quote unquote. They haven't been uh, canceled or delayed or anything like that. That's not happened yet. But one of the things that was, which, which was interesting to me was that the event organizers certainly plan for all kinds of contingencies and exigencies, mainly focusing around, honestly, terrorist attacks. Like, right, like, right? Because right. that's been, that's happened at the Olympics over sure. the years, unfortunately, right? And, right. and things like... Um, maybe even uh, bad weather, right? They plan mm-hmm. for that. What happens if there's no snow for the skiing or right, or, or there's no wind for the sailboats, right? So they, they right. have some sort of plan. And this interesting piece I read, I, I can't remember where it was, but was that the organizers of the Olympics didn't have anything like this in their contingency planning. Oh, I'm sure they did Because this is the classic, what they call a black swan event, right? right. It, this is never really happens or, or it never happened to the scale before. So I think that's the other challenge, right? And you think, go back to work from home, which is what we were talking about. I think most organizations have already come to grips with some working from home and adapting to the need to work from home. But those are always kind of fixed events. Even if they're mm-hmm. not a place that encourages working from home, your child gets a normal sickness or sure. illness. Oh, I've got to work from home today. You, there's bad weather. Right, this, right. A snow Ro- day. There's snow all over the roads in Rochester. That's right. you know, everybody stay home and work today, right? In two days, they'll clear the roads, right? And everything goes back to normal. This thing, in addition to the, how widespread it is, we don't know when it's going to end, which is right. another real challenge for planners. Well, I, I think you're exactly right. I think the other thing, too, and this isn't something you and I have discussed, but I've certainly thought about, is that when you think about you know, you mentioned that a lot of organizations are starting to have no travel policies, right? right. Or, or it must be essential travel, which, you know, that's probably pretty much a no travel plan. Think about the people in organizations that typically travel. It's usually your senior leadership teams. It's your highest level leaders. Well, if those are the people that are getting sick, then what happens? Then who's going to lead the organization? Or, for example, I mean, you and I were talking about this earlier today. 
um, whether you're traveling on business or, or pleasure, if you're going to travel outside of our country, you could get quarantined. Even if you don't get the virus, you could be exposed to the virus in another country and get quarantined in that country for right. a period of time. Then you could also face quarantine coming, you know, attempting to come back into the United States. So I think that's, that's the other thing. You could wind up with some senior leaders of organizations who didn't plan on working remote, who all of a sudden are in quarantine and may or may not have access to Wi-Fi. May or, you know what I mean? They're just sure. all these little things. So even when you think about, um, you know, holistically in your organization, having a, a contingency plan, part of that needs to be, what if our senior leaders are no longer available right. for whatever reason? Okay, then who's in charge, right? It really comes down to that sort of, that chain of command and how are, how is the business going to run? Um you know, also, I think the other thing is you mentioned, you know, schools with snow days and things. What if, you know, Japan, for example, you know, you're talking about the Olympics, but Japan just closed all their schools. Yeah. Um, even though we haven't taken that step here in the United States, I think that's certainly something that the schools are looking at. Right. What happens if you get an outbreak in your city? The schools could all of a sudden close. Well, who's who's going to stay home and watch your children? And then do you get paid? Right. right? Again, we talked about uh, events from which you don't really have a plan in place for these black swan events, but being a parent of, of school-aged children is tough enough, right? Just, it's tough enough under normal circumstances, right? right? <laughs> Managing their schedules and your work schedule and being there sure. for them and making sure they're taken care of, et cetera, et cetera. Now, all of a sudden, no one plans in Japan or here or anywhere else, no one plans for a school to be just canceled for the last month and a half of school. Oh, there's just no school. Right. We canceled it due to this virus. Right. Figure out what to do with your six-year-old and your eight-year-old and your 12-year-old, right? That's, exactly. It's incredibly difficult. So I, I think I think the second part that leads us into another thing I wanted to talk about a little bit in the context of the virus, which is um, communication, mm-hmm. and not not just policies and procedures, but just um, sh- sharing more openly and honestly about what's going on. Sometimes even if we don't know, and I, I think that's kind of a conversation worth having, right? It's it's people in these countries that are affected the most um, most acutely. But as well as we know, people all over the place, including here in America, mm-hmm. I think the chances that you have some personal impact to this in one way or another continue to grow. You were talking the other day or today, earlier today, on the phone with a friend of yours. I happened, I was sitting mm-hmm. in the same room, so I overheard it. And this friend has a friend who's trying to figure out if they should go on vacation to a certain country, right? right. Things like that. And right. so, like, it, it's, not, it's not such a far away thing. This is not, like... Oh, this thing happened in China and it got into Korea and a couple of other places and it doesn't impact us. It it impacts everyone. It it impacts almost everyone in every organization of any size in one way or another. Maybe if it doesn't seem that way yet, but I do think even even if it's not a personal thing, I think the issues to organizations and businesses could happen from other ways. Just maybe it's just supply chain disruption. Oh, maybe you can't get products that, that you need to go into your end products, right? Almost every company in the world sources something that's made in that part of the world or Absolutely. in China or nearby, right? It's right. This is truly a global thing. It is. It's interesting you say that too, because I was having, um, you know, the listeners might recall, I have teenagers um, that are in high school and my daughter and I were having a discussion and she said that she's not worried about coronavirus because we live in, you know, a small town outside of St. Louis, but over into Illinois, very small town. She said, it's not going to be here, mom. Right. And I said, why wouldn't it be here? I said, for example, I travel to China on business yeah. all the time. You know, um, 
it, it would be very easy for me to go there and be, become a carrier or so. You know what I mean? You don't even know. So if I'm just one parent, I'm her parent traveling, you know, outside of the country on business. You can imagine in small town USA, many, many people are traveling outside of our country or they are, you know, put in situations from a business perspective uh, where they could be exposed to things and not even know it. So I think it is going to, like you said, it's going to come down to every single individual will have to really be thinking about your own safety, your own preparedness, your, your family's safety and preparedness, and then your business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, that's, that's one of the things too. I mean, we've talked about working remote, um, but when you mentioned communication, it really made me think about, you know, one of the things in general, when you buy HR technology, for example, is, you know, whoever makes that buying decision and goes through implementation and sort of leads that process, that, that key group, you make decisions about what you toggle on or off, right. In terms of the features and functionality of your, your software. Um, and that's not just HCM software. That's any kind of technology, right, that you're purchasing to to help your business. Um, I think right now something that individuals can do to to coincide with any of sort of the planning they're doing is to talk to your vendors, all of your vendors, and find out what are some of the features or functionalities that you might not even remember are, are part of it, that you've decided at some point, maybe a year or two or three ago, mm-hmm. not to toggle on. But there may be like, video collaboration technologies right. built in. There may be other types of, as you mentioned, just, you know, communication type um, features or functionalities. Because again, if you have a workforce that has not really been predominantly a work from home workforce, and now all of a sudden you will, that might be one of the very first calls you make is to your vendors and to, to find out what are some of the things that you all have that I don't necessarily take advantage of Yeah, and start there. And, and I, I didn't really think of this until you were talking about having a conversation with your providers. And I think another conversation probably worth having with your providers is, hey, what's for your essential providers, like mm-hmm. your HCM vendors, right? right? That's doing your payroll and your benefits administration and your timekeeping, et cetera. It's like, hey, like, I mean, maybe we, we talked about this back in the RFP process or in the contract negotiation process. We probably talked about contingencies and fail-safes and failovers, et cetera. But again, as we talked about already, uh, you know, in the last few minutes, this is like this black swan event that no one had a plan for. Right. Right. We couldn't anticipate. No one, maybe we could have anticipated, but no one really did. We certainly didn't really have articulated plans for it. And we're kind of reacting on the fly. It might be time to, hey, have that conversation, especially if you're working with a global provider. Mm-hmm. Say, hey. How are you impacted? Maybe not go right to them and say, what's your plan for the coronavirus? Because that's right, a weird but, way to ask it. But just say, hey, what's happening in your organization? How are you impacted? Is it impacting your service and support? Is it impacting R&D? Is right. the timeline going to be extended now because our development center in China has been shut down for two months? Right. right. Could be a million things, things that could happen. It's probably worth having that conversation. I think so, too. I think the other thing with that is, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, obviously, at the, at the start of the show, you mentioned that, you know, paychecks is is our sponsor um, last fall at HR Tech. I actually did a payroll presentation Mm -hmm. with our friend Tom from Paychex. And one of the things I went back and I was looking up, one of the things that we talked about was the ability for um, your provider to give you some sort of comfort and reassurance that in times of crisis, again, we weren't talking about necessarily a viral type Mm -hmm. thing, but, um, but it absolutely could apply. What happens if your organization has, you know, the key members of your payroll team who are suddenly ill or unable to work, right? right? This could happen. It will happen probably to somebody, right? Um, check with your providers because do they do they offer a service where they can 
assume your payroll responsibilities yep. to make sure your, your remaining employees get paid on time. So it's all those little questions too, that you might not be thinking about. But yep. that was one thing I know that, that paychecks has always, um, you know, really put front and center is, is having sort of those crisis type payroll things covered. So mm-hmm. again, um, that's just one provider. Definitely check with whoever, especially on those core, you know, benefits, payroll, those sorts of things um, to make sure those those functions will still occur should anything happen to your, you know, your employees. Yeah, I think that's so critical. In a time like this where there's so much uncertainty, there's so much just, you know, unnavigable waters here. We, mm-hmm. And, and, and fright, it's a little bit frightening, too. I mean, to the point where, like, you know, I was debating whether or not to come on this trip, right. like to Las Vegas, right? A place I've been to a hundred times, right? And then I'm thinking, ooh, should I get on the plane? Should I mask up and wipe right, down everything? Right. And curious, oddly enough, we'll just as an aside, you know, we both flew here uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. I think, and uh, so I was surprised, at least in the, and I, I flew out of the Charlotte airport and through some other airport. I, I was expecting like widespread masks and everything, and right. I didn't see that. I just saw a couple of people, random, and I two, didn't three, see any. four maybe. Yeah, in, in, in an airport that had tens of thousands of people probably in it. I thought that was curious in a way. Yeah. not not can bad I, or good, just interesting. Can I tell you something though about that? Actually, I was, I'm almost glad to see that because one of the things as we were kind of talking about doing this particular episode was talking about just how to prepare. And yeah. first and foremost, don't panic. It's been interesting um, if you're following, like many people are, the CDC or the World Health Organization and things like that in terms of recommendations. They actually say that masks are not going to prevent this. I saw this, that. Right? I saw the so Surgeon General people, said stop buying masks. They said, yeah. They're saying stop buying masks because really we need our healthcare providers to have the masks to treat the people that actually are sick because that's when it matters. So, But actually, it, it really is the simple things. Hand washing. And I don't mean just like the quick way we probably all do it normally. That fake way. Just yeah, the fake way. We're like, yeah, I'm going to No, I mean, yeah. no. But um, it was interesting. Uh, Matt, we talked about Madeline earlier in the show. Madeline Lorano had tweeted out, you know, that really making sure you're washing between your fingers, the, the backs of your hand, mm-hmm. really, like scrubbing them with soap each and every time. I mean, that's going to do a lot, a lot more to prevent you or someone close to you getting this than wearing a mask. Yeah. So honestly, if you were that afraid, wearing gloves would, you know, like latex gloves might be a better solution than wearing a mask, yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, but I think too, it's, it's, you mentioned limiting your exposure to large groups. I think that'll in the next month here in the U.S. We'll see how that's impacted. You know, well, yeah. Of- speaking of that, you know, we're here at a, at a big conference in Las mm-hmm. Vegas. I don't know how many people are here, but I know this is typically quite a quite a large conference. And in this event, uh, sent some preemptive communication out, yes. trying to assuage you know fears that people might have uh, about traveling to this event, and you know, and how it was going to be run and try to keep people safe, et cetera, et cetera. I think they're doing a pretty good job so far. We will see. Honestly, we don't know what we'll see what the crowds look like the next couple of days compared to prior years when we've been here. But the um, the interesting thing is that many larger gatherings here in the U.S. where we're relatively, the impacts of this virus so far are relatively mild. Right? Mm-hmm. There's some cases in Washington, a few yeah. other places as well. There have been, sadly, a few deaths already. But I, there are a number, and we've been tracking some of them, a number of very large tech conferences and other events that have been canceled outright. Many of them on the West Coast, San Francisco in particular, because San Francisco is seen, and I think reasonably correctly, is seen as a as a type of place where an outbreak uh, might be more likely to occur than in other places in the U.S. due to its 
closer proximity to Asia and the, the frequency of travel of people, uh, both for you know personal reasons and, and professional reasons, back and forth between San Francisco or California and Asia. Right. Right. So big events from Facebook, Google uh, has canceled an event there. Um, it was another really big one that just escaped me off the top of my head, canceled in San Francisco. But uh, Amazon, for example, has now basically said non-essential employee travel anywhere in the world is now uh, suspended. Right. Right. Amazon has 800,000 employees. Not all of them, admittedly, are regular travelers. So so we are seeing impacts here in the U.S. as well. Right. And even, um, you know, it was funny you said we were tracking several. So uh, there was People Matters Tech HR, which is in Singapore. That's Mm -hmm. been postponed till the fall. Um, Mobile World Congress in Barcelona has canceled. Workday, their big internal sales. The Workday event is the one I couldn't think of. Um, that was, by the way, that was in Orlando. Orlando, way, not in San Francisco. That's right. Yeah. Um, the game, the big game developers conference yeah. um, in San Francisco has been postponed with no new date announced. Um, also, this one was really interesting: the Formula One uh, racing, uh, the Chinese Grand Prix in um, yeah. Shanghai, has been postponed at this point. No date announced. And so, again, these are it's it's global. Um, these are these are well known names well-known brands. And I think a lot of us will watch for how they handle things because obviously they are putting a lot of thought and effort into this. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, if they're, they're already canceling anyway, I think it's just, you know, this next month will be critical to watch. Um, We're also getting into the spring where you're starting to see, you know, outdoor concerts are getting scheduled and, you know, things like that. And so, um, or baseball, right? Well, we're getting ready to start baseball. And so you'll have sure. large gatherings of people in outdoor settings. Yeah, so. I mean, we, I think, I guess the recommendation here is for, for HR leaders and business leaders here in the U.S. to really keep an eye on this sort of thing. Keep, That's right. Keep an eye, watch the news, read the news, keep an eye, maybe even create a list like we did mm-hmm. of event cancellations, where these events are, when they've been canceled, the dates around them, and, and not... To consider that from your own perspective as maybe your organization has your own type of events. You might have customer conferences or user conferences right. or internal conferences, et cetera. And again, of course, like most organizations, right, people, they travel to training, they travel to conferences, they travel to events, right, as part of their business and part of their jobs yeah. is to think about, hey, d- does a restriction, a curb, or a ban make sense for us and our organization and weigh the benefits, the pros and cons of, of doing something like that. So it, it's, it's tough things to, to, to weigh, but it, I, I guess the only way you can make a most the more informed decision is to really be informed yourself, right? Like you, right. you can't just decide, oh, well, everything's fine, we'll, we'll go, or just say, you know what, it's a big scary world out there, we're going right. to not do anything, right? That may not be the right answer either. That's probably not the right answer, but I think, you know, definitely also using multiple sources, right? So the CDC, World Health Organization. Um, another good one we found was uh, World Ometers, W-O-R-L-D-O, M-E-T-E-R-S dot info. That has actual, um, keeps a current count of coronavirus cases. Mm-hmm. Both con- is, Now, this is the confirmed and reported. So, again, they're still estimating that this number could be low because there are so many unreported cases or where people aren't sure that they have coronavirus yet. Um, but, like, for example, it, right now, it's it's current at 90,433 confirmed cases with 3, We're recording 000. this on March 2nd, by the way. Yes. People listening to this uh, a it'll, little bit later. It'll run yep. on, on the next day, on March 3rd. So um, at any rate, I mean, you can see by, you know, in China, outside of China, you can see different... That's a great uh, resource. Yeah, definitely a good, a good resource. And again, it's just one point, one data right. point. And so you're right. Just be informed. Watch what others are doing. Don't panic. Take precautions. Take precautions. And, and as and you communicate. mentioned, just communicate. Again, I think if your employees know that you're thinking about it, 
it does do something to put their mind a little bit at ease. And even if you've not changed any of your policies or sure. procedures as yet, send that message out too. Yes. Send the message and to your, your employees and say, you know what? We know, obviously we know what's going on. That's right. right now, travel has not been banned and here's why we think so. And, or, or right now we're still having our event that we're having and here's why we're still having it. Right. Whatever the case may be, right? Just get that out there. Get out in front of it. I'd also add though that this is probably one of those times where say that you haven't, your company has not banned travel for example, and you have to realize, though, that there are people who want to make an individual decision Absolutely. to not travel. That's a great And point. so I would highly recommend if you're especially in human resources or in any kind of leadership position, um, make sure that you are not penalizing people who want to do things virtually. Um, on the positive side, though, I think the one good thing that's actually coming out of this or will come out of this is that, you know, for years we've talked about remote working right. and, oh, right. and okay. having all these options. Right. And so, and it's been in pockets where some, like I said, some jobs you can, some jobs you can't. Right. I wonder if this lasts long enough. Think about it. If this even lasts one year. Sure. Which is very which probable. Which certainly could. Maybe, right? maybe likely. Yep. Likely. If you have people who begin working from home or from some remote location, um, they may not want to come back to the office. <laughs> That's a really and, good or, point. and, or you might find, you don't need them to be in the office. So I'm interested in how this plays out yeah. from that perspective too. It it probably will impact finally um, in a big way where people do their work, what technologies they use to do that work. Yeah. Um, it may wind up being cost savings on your, your organization's, um, you know, rental spaces and yeah. things like that. So it'll be interesting. I think there's lots of of positives that could come out of this. I thought the well. one other positive I thought you might mention, and I'll mention it because it's a personal thing and I don't really want to make light of it, but it's a heavy topic. So maybe, maybe a little levity is okay is I hope this finally puts the nail in the coffin of handshaking. Oh, like stop. I hope we're done with that. Hey, she, the shaking hands. Hello. And I'd love for that to be over. I'm not a fan really? of it. to be a not, non, a not, a, not a huge handshake guy to begin with, you know, Fist bump. I'm is a hugger, it? though. So yeah, see, well, that's no, that's, no, 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 but, you know, that's... Okay, so that's, that's interesting that you wave, say Friendly that. wave. Hey, good to see you again. Friendly wave. Keep our distance. I think you're onto something. We're I fine. mean, it absolutely could, and again, I think it depends on how long this goes on and just, um, you know, realizing how things spread. But here, like you mentioned, we are at an event. People who are coming to the event have already reached out and started tweeting or emailing or messaging and saying, hey, when I see you, we're not hugging. We're Good. Not, we're not handshaking, uh, right? We're going to I'm, do I'm not, things. So. I agree. And even that, I think, you know, there's so many interesting things about this topic. That I was reading a, a piece uh, from one of the uh, websites that covers Chinese business that I follow. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about how, and I think it was probably Beijing or Shanghai, one of the bigger cities where they were starting to bring people back to work. They were starting to have people come into offices again in this right. one particular instance. But the company had uh, created some new policies and procedures around people's interaction in the workplace. Like, don't have more than 10 people sitting around a table too close. Don't eat right in front of each other, things like if that. If this gets rid of internal meetings, spreading out, giving them, people more square that. footage in the office See? themselves, right? Because often, many, many offices right. all over the world, quite honestly, not right. in China, workers are, are packed in kind of close of together. Other, to, sure. You know, giving each other more space and creating more safe spaces kind of in, right. in, in, in the office for people to not be sort of on top of each other. So maybe that'll be a good thing too that, that comes out a little more kind of humanity designed back into, mm -hmm. into office uh, uh, space and, and workplace spaces as well. And just, just to be mindful of it. So anyway, super, super, uh, you know, we thought it was such a timely topic and interesting to us. We thought we'd share our thoughts about it as well and try to give, give some thoughts from our perspective as people who 
you know, travel a ton, go to lots of events. I've been to China five or six times, and five times, right? And have plans to go back. I yeah, mean, if you look at, well, know. I mean, thinking about just the next two to three months, you know, I had work trips planned to France, to Spain, to China. Uh, I think you also Singapore. have Singapore, right? We'll and so, happens, yeah. um, you know, mine to France has already been postponed. Um, we'll see about the others. Yeah. We don't know. Good stuff. This has been fun. Good to see you, Trish. Good to see you as well. Good to be sane. Let's not shake, though, at the end of the show. No, we'll, there's no handshaking just, going on. We're going to sit across the table. Let's wave goodbye. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour show. Um, hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Remember to subscribe to the HR Happy Hour show and all the network shows wherever you get your podcasts. And can we also just add, as you're thinking about this um, you know, coronavirus and what your organization is doing, please feel free to share with Steve or myself on Twitter. Um, you can email us at either steve at h3hr.com or trish at h3hr.com. We would love to know what you're doing and um, what your, you know, your internal policy is going to be and uh, just kind of following along. Yep. And one more thanks to our friends at Paychex, of course, for sponsoring the HR Happy Hour Show. Remember to learn more about them and all the things they can do to help your organization at www.paychex.com. Thanks to them. Stay warm. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, We'll all get through this together. And um, we'll see you next time on the HR Happy Hour Show. For Trish McFarlane, my name's Steve Bowes. Thanks for listening. And bye for now. Thanks for listening to the HR Happy Hour Show, your source for information and conversation on work, the workplace, technology, and more. Learn more and listen to all the show archives at www.hrhappyhour.net.